This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network on 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Rainey. I'm Evan Giddings. We're coming at you twice a week on the Odyssey app as well as YouTube. Please rate, subscribe to us on the Odyssey app. Subscribe to the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. All right, Mark. Uh, the, the second thing we wanted to get into today was kind of a, a response, I guess, to uh, East Bend's Lewis Riddick does fantastic work for them. He's been interviewed for front office positions in the past. I believe he's a bright, brilliant football mind. However, on the Rich Eisen show, which is where seeming just randomly, a lot of our content has been yeah, coming thanks, from Rich. recently. A lot of the hot takes around the NFL as it relates to the 49ers have come from there. Uh, but he said that the NFC West is essentially wide open for Seattle to take. And he's very high on the Seahawks this upcoming season, Mark. So the question we pose right here is, is there any threat to the 49ers in the NFC West this season? I do think Rick Riddick is onto something, you know, with the Seahawks being a threat by process of elimination. <laughs> I would not go as far as to say the NFC West is wide open. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. You said it well there. Uh, obviously, I think it's pretty clear the Seattle Seahawks are the second best team in the NFC West. Uh, the the Rams, if things bounce 100% right for them and Stafford stays healthy and Cup stays healthy and Donald plays like a you know defensive player of the year again, who knows? They could be competitive, but it doesn't look good. I couldn't name a single starter on their offensive line right now. Um, they're going to have a terrible offensive line. You could say the same about most of their defense. They're getting rid of anybody. This isn't about the Rams. They're, they're probably not going to be that good. Uh, I oh, think it's not about the Cardinals. Not, not, not even worth mentioning right now. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to dig into that. Um, the, the Seahawks. I have a, a really hard time saying this because of just the, the history of Seahawks and 49ers and, and, and even Pete Carroll going back to his USC days. It's just not an easy team for me to appreciate and enjoy and like. If there wasn't that emotional connection or disconnect, you know, connect emotional in a bad way towards Seattle, Evan, I think I would really, really, really like and really enjoy this Seattle team. Everything they've done, it seems like they're building this team the right way through smart, intelligent drafting, taking a flyer on a, a previously flamed out quarterback in Geno Smith, surrounding him with good weapons, um, and capitalizing on a quarterback hungry team like the Denver Broncos, getting rid of being willing to get rid of a franchise centerpiece, a guy who won you a Super Bowl, got you to another, won you multiple conference championships, just about won you and and and, and did everything he possibly could to, to help this franchise win. To be willing to move on from that guy and absolutely fleece a team the way they fleeced the Denver Broncos, it's it's hard not to applaud that. So all of that said, I really, really enjoy and appreciate what the Seattle Seahawks are doing and what they are building. But at the same time, I think it's also very easy to admit, and I think most people would agree, a lot of things went right for the Seattle Seahawks last year. It doesn't mean they can't go right again. It doesn't mean that they aren't going to improve um, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant, a couple of you know, their, their rookie defensive backs last year were great. All rookie teams in the NFL, and they're probably going to continue to improve. A couple of really good offensive linemen were rookies last year as well. Charles Cross, to name one of them. Um, they have a really, really good 
group of talented young players that should continue to get better. I know one thing that Lewis Riddick mentioned is Geno Smith. Everyone just assumes, okay, Geno Smith is going to go back to being Geno Smith. He was legitimately an MVP candidate through, what, 12 weeks last year? I mean, you think he's going to repeat that? I'm not saying he's going to go back to New York Jets version Geno Smith, but do you think he's legitimately an MVP candidate again? I don't know about that. It feels like there's probably some slight regression coming for Geno Smith, or at least more of the Geno Smith we saw for the last six weeks of the season last year, as opposed to the first 12-ish weeks of the season. And then you consider, I would argue the 49ers got better. A, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, you hope for an entire season. You would hope a more healthy quarterback room. Javon, Javon Hargrave, who we talked about earlier in the pod as well. It seems like this 49ers team got better. You could argue that Seattle got better as well, but there was a pretty healthy gap between the 49ers and the Seahawks last year. So I just don't see how this is a conference or a division that Seattle is going to win. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If by wide open, Lewis Riddick means an eye of a needle, <laughs> then I'll hear him. If not, Mark, I do not see how this division right now is viewed as wide open unless you truly believe that Brock Purdy is either one, not going to be the quarterback for a significant portion of the season, or two, you don't believe that Brock Purdy is even in the same realm that he was last year. Now, I think there's some regression also coming for Brock Purdy based on the stats that we've laid out in recent weeks, but I don't think it's that steep of a, of a fall off. I think it's probably a similar fall to what we're going to see from Geno Smith. And I don't think he's a 70% completion percentage quarterback. I don't think he's a guy that's going to throw up another 30 or 30 plus touchdowns. But where I do see this, the case for the Seahawks is if you're going to argue against the regression of Geno Smith, it would be that he has an incredible cast of wide receivers around him. DK Metcalf is a stud. Tyler Lockett missed, I think, six or seven games last year, so he's a bit banged up, but he's a very efficient, quality veteran wideout. They went out and drafted Jackson Smith Jigba from Ohio State, who is one of college's best wide receivers. So you have a pretty stable wide receiver room around Geno Smith, and then you found a way to shed some of the fat at the running back position as well, identifying that through the draft, getting rid of Penny, Zach Charbonnet. Um, I think that they have a decent cast of characters on offense to support Geno Smith and maybe suppress some of that understandable regression that's coming. I also think that drafting a couple of offensive linemen to pair with some of the ones that they uh, had last year that are up and coming, I think is good. I think they tried to address the defensive line, which was a big reason that their defense was so bad last year, uh, primarily in the in the latter portion of the season. It was basically just four turnstiles up front, especially if you put the ball on the ground against them, which the San Francisco 49ers did ad nauseum. Yeah. I don't think the 49ers are looking at a clean sweep of the NFC West the way they were last year, uh, going 6-0 and against the division. I think that, there's going to be at least one loss in there somewhere. I don't know where it's coming, but 
if you're telling me that the Fortnite are going five and one, I believe that they're good enough with the rest of their schedule to be able to yeah, find their way into 11, potentially 12 wins. To me, Seattle is not yet that kind of roster. I don't think that it's crazy to think that they could go nine and eight again, maybe even 10 and seven. But to me, that's going to be a little bit short of where I project the 49ers. And that's why I don't think that they're a threat. Yeah, if I had to handicap it right now, I mean, what, the, the Niners over-under, I don't even have these numbers ahead of, in front of me, but I would guess the Niners over-under is, what, 11 and a half? And Seattle's probably eight and a half. And I I, I would probably say, I, I take the over on Seattle. I think they're winners of nine games. They are a quality football team. But again, there's, there's levels to this in the NFC West. And again, we can talk about how I think the 49ers improved this offseason. Every single Seahawks fan as they should, is going to think they're going to be better this year as well. Again, with all of that young talent, it would seem to, to track logically that they should progress. But it's not as if this was a relatively close division last year either, Evan. I mean, the 49ers won this division early in the regular season. They were the second best team in the NFC. They were the best team in the league the last two months of the season, really almost the last three months of the season when they they hardly lost. They were remarkable. They were incredible. This really wasn't that close between these two last year. I know they played early in the season when Trey Lance went down with the, the ankle injury. Jimmy Garoppolo came in. That was a weird game, but the 49ers still controlled that game, even with the awkwardness of the quarterback room. And then they played in the second half of the season, that Thursday night game in Seattle, Brock Purdy's first road start. His second start of the season, it was that Thursday night game, and, and it was close. It was competitive, but the 49ers won. They ultimately win the conference, but uh, win the division. But those are, were, were kind of two weird games, considering the circumstances of the quarterback room, and the 49ers still managed to win those games. Then they came out and absolutely dominated the second half against the Seahawks in the postseason, and I think that was not necessarily – more of a, a better judge of of these two teams than the regular season matchups. But I think you just saw the power of the 49ers offense against that Seattle defense. And again, this isn't to, to say that Seattle is a bad team. I just think there's a relatively large gap that one year of, of youth taking a step forward isn't enough to overcome. So I still feel like this is a, a division where the 49ers are the heavy favorites, and if they don't come out on top, it's a disaster, whether it's because of injuries or just unexpected issues and struggles. Whatever the case is, it's a disaster if the 49ers don't win this division. I think that's how, how big the gap is right now.